Welcome back to Batting Around. It's Batting Around. It's a baseball podcast. I am your co-host, Jane, and with me as always is Lauren. I'm Lauren. And Steven. You. Uh, and we have a guest, a returning guest here from Goonhammer and uh, Patch Notes on No no Cartridge. It is John Bernhardt. Hey, John. Welcome hey, back. Hey, thank you. Uh, what was that? It was like the episode three guest or something. It's been a long time. It was you- early. You were yeah. the episode four guest. Episode four. Good guest. It's been that long since we had any reason to talk about the Orioles. Yeah, and you <laughs> still fucking don't. I don't know about that. <laughs> we did just watch an entire Orioles game the other day. What the fuck were you doing that for? We we watched the <laughs> Orioles Reds with uh, with our Patreon subscribers in the Jeez. Discord. Oh, yesterday. okay, you're getting paid. All right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, I um I I finally gave in and got the MASN cable subscription, which is ninety dollars a month. What so the they have fuck? to be good now. I'm fully. I'm. I require them to be good with that kind of financial commitment. I can't mm. accept mediocrity at this point. Uh, well, the good news is that neither can they, but they're moving in the other direction. <laughs> mm. I, I guess we'll get it. We're not, the first thing we talk about is not going to be the Baltimore fucking Orioles. Not at the <laughs> yeah. trade deadline. Well, we don't need to do that. We don't need to do that to you. No. Yeah, we can, we can get into the, uh, into some of the big trades of the day. It's, it's trade deadline. It's like, it just happened, uh, l- less than half an hour ago. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's start with the big one here. Uh, Orioles trade Jorge Lopez to twins. Oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> Uh, John has disconnected. Uh, <laughs> disconnected from my fucking fandom is what I've done. Yeah. Not over Jorge Lopez. Jorge Lopez is perfectly no. nice oh, and fine, but he is freeze? not the, he is at most the proximate cause of my issues with the, um, with the, with the Orioles franchise uh, at this moment. Do we actually want to start with the Orioles or do we want to start with the, with the real trade? <laughs> we that, can do, we don't need to do that. We, we, we there are, it's been, we're, we were like, we're, we're still rolling up to all the, like the hey, trades are still basically happening. We, it's only yeah. like some of the last like 15 minutes ago, we were just announced. So there's yeah. plenty to talk about there. Lauren, where do, you, where do you think we should start here? I mean, I think the actual biggest one is uh, the Juan Soto to Padres deal. Yeah. Which I think, I think really should be called like, we should just talk about the Padres trades in general, because there were a couple, including mm-hmm. uh, another player in the uh, Soto trade that was pretty significant. Uh, they pretty drastically changed what their team looked like, even just like forty eight hours ago. Yeah the uh, the first big trade they made was that uh, trade for that racist, the, the former. Let's narrow it down. Uh, yeah, Josh Hader. Yeah. Oh right, you lit- you literally said that racist, and I'm like, which one is that? <laughs> which one could could that be? Oh right, of course, Josh of course. Hader. Yes. Yeah, it was uh, like a challenge trade. Basically, they both traded their closers, who both suck now. For each yes. Other. Right. Now I mean the last like month. Hater had that game against the Phillies where he gave like he set a, a record like he mm-hmm. like it was the first six run blown save or something in a while slash ever. Yeah, I think we hit our first at we we hit the first and second home runs off of him of the season in the same like inning. Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Truly, <laughs> but yeah, if I were a Padres fan, I, I wouldn't. I don't know. Like, started July, he had like a one point oh nine ERA. Now it's like a four point two. If you're like a playoff run, you probably could bet that the earlier number is the more likely one to see the rest of the season. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, jokes about his um, high school activities aside, 
Uh, and like, who knows what the guy is like now? It's not like, I doubt he is so far below the uh, moral replacement level for baseball players uh, <laughs> that it's worth actually ragging on him this much. His mistake was it being publicized. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah his mistake was he said it on Twitter um, and he didn't delete his tweets. Uh, delete your tweets. Just always do it. Yeah. No matter what. There, there's an entire subculture based around like, um, once like once it once it got once a guy does something like the first time I saw this really noticed it was with uh, Trey Turner when he came over to the Nationals. Um, his first big game he had it against the Braves and Braves fans were immediately sweet searching that tweet history. Like as soon as he as soon as he had that big game, it was time to and they found some stuff. I mean, damned if I don't search the f word in players' Twitter histories when we sign yeah. them. If they if they started their account. Before 2014, it's gonna be there. Like, you're <laughs> yeah, like, that's just that's yeah. Just, yeah. I remember that happening to a Braves pitcher who had a no hitter going, and like, yep. <laughs> before before the game was even over, before he had even given up a hit, uh, the, the tweets had been had been exposed. Um, so the actual terms of the deal are, um, and we will be using MLB trade rumors, or I will be using that, yeah, uh, for most of these. So shout out to them. Um, they're annoying most like every other day of the year. They're extremely annoying and I don't mm-hmm. like their analysis. Uh, but for today and today only, uh, they are extremely useful. Um, so Hader goes to the Padres and to the Brewers. Um, they receive the former Padres closer Taylor Rogers, as well as right-hander Denelson Lamet. Uh, I'm butchering that pronunciation probably. Denelson, I think, is actually. I think it's Lamette. It's Lamette. Yeah, I got all the all the all the stress wrong. Uh, <laughs> pitching prospect Robert Gasser, which is a great last name for a pitcher. Yeah, awesome. Um, and a outfield prospect uh, Estuary Ruiz. Um, and uh, they told uh, they put Miguel Sanchez uh, on the sixty-day DL from the fifteen clean up, clear up a roster spot for that. Um, I clicked on uh, Lamette's uh, player profile at Baseball Reference because I was like, I know this name, but I haven't heard it in a couple years. And uh, his ERA plus the last two years are is 89 and 41, which is why I haven't heard his name recently. <laughs> Great. Um, he did used to be a guy of some interest, importance. He was a, he was a decent prospect. Uh, hasn't been because he's like 6'3", 225. He's a unit up there on the mound. Uh, he hasn't been doing so great recently. So that's why he's a throw in on a closer challenge trade. I think, I think Ruiz is kind of a similar, like uh, reasonably good prospect. Hasn't really done much in the majors kind of throw in. So obviously that trade will depend on how the two guys pitch and their track record says that both teams will probably come out of this fine. Um, and like, I, I, I don't know what the contra- uh, the, the contract situation is for either of these guys. I'm going to like click through. And see it real quick. I think Taylor Rogers is. Uh, he's about is, to be a free agent. He's right? about to be a free agent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's, yeah. It's a rent off for both of them. The Padres had their big trade, which was Juan Soto for uh, less than and Josh Bell. Soto should be and Josh traded Bell. for. And Josh Bell yes. basically for free. Like 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 the threshold mm-hmm. of what the Nationals got didn't even reach acceptable for uh, Soto. So throwing Bell in <laughs> no. there along with him was just like here, and also uh, here's your sign up bonus. Crazy, um, yeah. We have your credit card number, and we're not going to let you cancel. 
And they were never they were never going to get a, a fair return for Soto. But like also throwing in their second best player on a like even as a rental is just like what's the difference between what you would have gotten without him and what you did get? Like is no. there anything like literally it couldn't have been the same package. They would have just done that. Who was the extra player who like sure we'll throw that if you add add Josh in? Yeah, be a curious little note to like from like a, a fly on the wall perspective of what was going on in that trade. Uh, is that e- is that trade even officially reported yet, or has Eric Hosmer's um... Hosmer to the Braves or to the uh, Red Sox ride. is apparently official? Okay, yeah. so that's so that's that. so that funny. Was too, so that, fucking yeah, funny that they're that they're just like. <laughs> Eric, can you please just go to the Nationals? And he's so like, wait, absolutely they, not. Will did, not do well, it. That's not what they did. They did not say, Eric, will you please go to the Nationals I know, first? I know. What they said yeah. was, we've announced a trade. Yep. These players are going as long as Eric Hosmer waves his no trade contract. And I am willing to bet you that is the first moment that Eric Hosmer heard about that trade. Almost certainly, Probably, yeah. yeah. Now, I, I is I don't, think, I don't think they even said uh, that, like, if, if he's willing to do this. I think they said it pretty much from the bat. Like, if, if he doesn't want to go, we have other ways around this. Yeah. And guess what? He didn't want to leave San Diego for um, anywhere, especially not <laughs> fucking Washington, D.C. in August. Yeah. Yeah. Believe me, I, I sympathize there. I'm- yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in central Maryland right now, and uh, it's <laughs> not much better. Yeah, so I don't. I still don't. Yeah, they don't actually have an official announcement on MLB TR, which usually means it hasn't been officially announced yet. But it is basically known what the package. Yeah, point like is. we know the full return. Yeah, mm-hmm. most likely. I don't understand what the Red Sox are doing there. Like, no, I kind of wonder if they just like immediately DFAM or something. Like, I don't think it's even playable. All right, so the package going to uh, Washington for Juan Soto is uh, left-handed pitcher Mackenzie Gore. He's uh, he's he's a highly he was a highly tied prospect. His uh, stock has tanked recently. Outfielder Robert Hassel the third, who I don't know much about. Shortstop C.J. Abrams, who was also a highly tied prospect, whose um, fortunes have tanked recently, but much more recently than Gore's. I think Gore got traded once. Outfielder James Wood, who is very large, uh, he's like six five. He's a center fielder. Um, and right-handed pitcher Harleen Susanna, which is a great name, but I know nothing about him. Incredible. Um, and of course the one more major league player, I'm quoting Jeff Passon's tweet, uh, six hours ago, one more major league player who we now know was Eric Cosmer. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what I, what I got out of it was, it was, it was more or less what we kind of knew the Nationals were asking for two ish, uh, like MLB ready young guys with a lot of control two-ish, low-level, high, you know, reasonably um, high-ranking prospects within the farm system. I think it was like four out of five of these guys were, at least for the fan graphs, um, prospect rankings, like four out of their five, top five are going moving in this trade to the Nationals. So it's, it's very uh, funny. Heyman yeah. and John Heyman immediately came out with the, um, with the comp on James Wood to uh, Willie McCovey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no pressure, kid. Jeez. Uh, okay, oh. dude. Yeah, that's the blockbuster. It's very, it's straight. I said this on Twitter. Like, it does not feel like in a lot of these negotiations, we have this idea of these negotiations being one GM who knows he holds all the power, and that's Mike Rizzo of the Nationals. One GM who knows he holds all the power, fielding all these phone calls and playing teams against each other and making sure they get the best return. It really seems like in a lot of these cases, the GM focuses on one trade partner and gets sort of tunnel vision 
about whether they're going to do it because the Dodgers could probably have beaten this deal if they were yeah. so inclined. Uh, and I don't see any reason why the Dodgers would have not would have been inclined to beat the deal. And I certainly don't see why you do you do this deal at noon instead of at the deadline, waiting at the deadline for the best possible deal. It seemed like they wanted to get it done with the partner they had decided to do it with, which is great for the Padres. Uh, this like I don't like this is one of those deals where there's like there is no good trade value for yeah. Juan Soto like he's in that he's in he's in that tier that Mike Trout is sort of aging out of eventually like next year probably it will be possible to put together a package that accurately values Mike Trout I think it is still like because because of his injury history and his age it'll like be in a, a place where you can reasonably trade for prospects for Mike Trout and uh, you have actually received val- correct value back um, as the Angels, um, which is, oh, you know. Sad. Which that's is, just so sad yeah. about the <laughs> just, just, um, cold comfort just, to their Yeah, he spent his whole career there, and he's approaching yeah, and he's approaching that level. That's that's yeah. really sad. He's been a pro for 11 years now. Came yeah. up in 2011. Fucked up. The Angels need to pay for their crimes. Yeah. Uh, they are. They are. They're playing hundreds <laughs> of millions of dollars for their crimes. Um, <laughs> Probably the Cardinals or the, the Dodgers could have put together a better like trade prospect package. I I do wonder if like the Dodgers, I don't think they've come across in these negotiations going so for, through the rumor mill. Mail, they didn't seem to ever be the um, most enthusiastic. But I also didn't get that read for the Padres either. So I I don't know. Um, Dodgers certainly need it less, yeah. as much as everyone needs like mm-hmm. a generational talent on the roster for with two years of control. Uh, they have a pretty good right fielder already. I feel bad, I guess, for some Giants fans <laughs> now that they have the uh, <laughs> these Dodgers and these Padres in the division for the next two years. But the pod, it's it's wild that the Padres added Juan Soto and all they did was really uh, burgeon their credentials for the wild card spot. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at it. They're still like ten goddamn games behind. Yeah. yeah. They still need like basically a, like a really cold streak from a team that like is immune to cold streaks. Yeah, they need the Do- they need the Dodgers to become like uh, I don't know like uh, the Blue Jays or something for like, yeah. <laughs> six weeks for them to like even get to within and, and the and the Padres to get be- to play better with Juan Soto for them mm-hmm. to even like think about overtaking him in the division. Uh, and the and the Blue Jays aren't playing poorly, but. Um, but yeah, they're they're not playing like uh, the Yankees or yeah. the Dodgers. Like they're the two best teams in baseball, and the rest of the division is going to struggle to do anything against them. So I mean, uh, yes, uh, Tatis is back next week, pretty soon, week yeah. after something like that. He's taking batting practice um, after. He, the, this is still the motorcycle injury, right? His his dumbass motorcycle I like believe so, but crashed, yeah. like he, he fucked up his wrist during spring training, crashing a moped or something, as you know, young men are wont to do. He bum gardenered. Yeah, yeah. Back when that meant something other than uh, you know, <laughs> giving up six runs for the Diamondbacks and bitching to the reporter <laughs> afterwards. But yeah, uh, I, I I do. How does this look good for the Nationals five years down the road? They're getting sold, uh, right? It has to be. They're getting sold. Well, yeah, they're totally getting sold. I'm trying to think of like from the like the team development perspective, like yeah. if CJ Abrams blossoms into a star, if um, uh, Mackenzie Gore is even like is let's say three quarters as good as he was at the top, the peak of his prospect valuation, if Robert Hassel comes up in three years and like starts raking, 
the rest of the farm system gets a couple of years of pro high ranking prospects and they probably take like college heads or something. They're competitive again, 2026, 2027, yeah. theoretically, if everything goes right. Like, as long as they don't decide to do the real cynical play, which is copy what the Orioles have been doing, um, which is just mm -hmm. be bad intentionally forever and like train your fa your fans to be really rabid about how actually it's smart to be bad all the time to lose. Um, you know, it's, you know, you're not actually, you know, making fun of them for pissing and shitting all over themselves. This is, this is the plan. This is smart. Yeah. And um, if that's the move, like trade Mackenzie Gordon at the start, at the start of the off season. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe you want to let that, let, let him build value a little bit first, but yeah, like as a major league player. Not a great time to be a Mid Atlantic fan. Not a, not a great time to be paying ninety dollars for Masson a month. Is <laughs> no, not for the Nationals. Although, I don't know. I I um been watching a couple of Orioles games, and uh, we don't have to get into it now. But Adley Rutschman, you know, I think uh, I think there's something there. Special kid. I'm buying yeah. a little bit. Um, you know, haven't heard much about him. Don't know where he came from, but yeah, <laughs> love to see him play. Don't have any expectations. Um. The Orioles have been, you know, great since Rushman came out, which makes um, Mike Elias's behavior uh, that fucking Satan um, yeah. <laughs> over the last couple days. I, I wouldn't say even more inexplicably; it's very explicable. That piece of shit is a Ron DeSantis donor, but oh. um, yeah, no, it's a very quixotic time. Infuriating, maybe. I mean, it's not even. Games. It's not even yeah. infuriating mm -hmm. because I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> Like, yeah. you know, it's just, it is what it is. Um, what else do we have on this list before we actually take my limiters all the way off to talk about the Orioles? I really want to talk about Whit Merrifield to the Blue Jays. All right. Yeah, it's very Great. funny. <laughs> it's so funny. It's yeah. so funny. Whit Merrifield seems like the sort of name of a guy who should be working at one American network, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. That's oh, just absolutely. Yeah. Wit? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Where is he from? Probably California, South Carolina, Lawrence, okay. South Carolina. Carolina. All right. Yeah. Whit. Whit Merrifield. <laughs> um, uh, oh, God, he went to USC. The, 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 he's a Gamecock. So that's why. Bauman, I, OK. Bauman. Bauman will be by shortly. Like, you can't say that without him. Like, he's going to join the Zoom call somehow. <laughs> Talk about it. Um. Yeah, my yeah. favorite was watching watching it, them announce that Whit Merrifield was traded, and then everybody said, "Well, we know where it isn't." Right. Uh, and then and it then being there. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to do the timeline here. Let's assume he gets the vaccine today. Let's assume he does the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. That puts him able to go to Toronto on the 16th. But mm -hmm. thankfully for him, the Jays are on the road until the 12th. Yeah. So he's only missing at most like three quarters of a long series. <laughs> and I'm going to be honest, Whit Merrifield isn't going to be the decision uh, maker in any no. any analysis <laughs> here. So, yeah, you know, as far as the Jays are concerned, he can probably take his time. You know, if he's got some side effects, stay home a little bit. You know, it'll be they, fine. They might have just done this as like a laugh, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> just as like as like a gag. Uh, uh, here's they, a they, funny... they really care about public health. 
<laughs> there's a funny thing. Uh, so the Yankees uh, got Andrew Benintendi, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. Merrifield's uh, teammate and uh, co uh, cohort in yep. vaccine denial. Um, the Jays and Yankees will. Oh, okay. The, the series is in New York, that, so they'll be fine there. Uh, they meet August twenty fourth. Uh, twenty. Yeah, the Yankees still have one more trip up there. Yeah. Um. Oh, I've been. I'm. I've got. I've got my list here. <laughs> yeah. So far, yeah, the Yankees. Yeah. So far, the Yankees have not had a single player to be shamed later. But uh, I don't know. I'll have my eye on Benintendi. That'd I mean, be very funny. They got the law laid down to them real quick by someone. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Like the, the Yankees were going to actually com- try to compete and like win games this year. No, they mm-hmm. weren't going to be going to Toronto without, you know, judge <laughs> right. Aaron judge was going to get his shots. Yeah. And speaking of the Orioles, they, I believe I haven't looked at all the players that they've gotten today, but they, they had been, they had had their entire 40 man vaccinated. They didn't trade for any major leaguers, so that will not be changing. Yeah, they, they stay pretty quiet. Cool. Uh, um, yeah. mm-hmm. Other than, yeah. you know, trading the face of the franchise. Um, yeah. Guy with a great story who survived cancer. Um, yeah. Oh, okay, face of the franchise. Oh, okay, uh, yes, last year's face of the franchise. Um, well, they don't really have, I guess they don't really have one now. Um, I mean, you can claim Adley is, but he's been here 20 minutes. I guess guys who have been here twenty minutes are the face of the franchise for team. I, like, I think if we look at yes. like jersey sales, it's it's pretty undisputable. <laughs> um, anyway, they uh they told uh Mancini, I mean, uh, Trey Mancini to fuck off, uh, and sent him to a team that's going to the playoffs. So I'm happy for Trey. Trey, yeah, uh, no, he's doing great. Like the short left field is uh, left fence is going to be great for him. Yeah, uh, and he's like you know veteran, great motivator, ah. you know, guy who doesn't shave type of dude. So he'll be great for the playoffs or whatever. Um, I don't think Trey Mancini's ever been to the playoffs, but, um, no. uh, no. but he'll, but you know, be, he is the veteran locker room presence um, that uh, all, all of the general managers speak about in hushed tones. So he'll be fine. Um, and they, they've been having issues recently, I think with whatever specific platoon split, I think right-handed batters against lefties that, uh, that Mancini fills. Um, so good for him. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of guys like him that are like good change of scenery types who like mm-hmm. are going to benefit from, of being, uh, being somewhere other than where they currently are. Like Joey Gallo to the That's Dodgers, I think is a similar situation. Yeah. 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 Uh, like that I mean, fan base can be pretty. Yankees fans were ready to start like attacking him in the streets. Uh, yeah. There so was like, that like interview where he was like, I don't really leave my apartment. <laughs> Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't show my face. It's really a huge bummer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, feral monsters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but also, like, I think there's anywhere he could land that he's going to find some success and like turn it around. LA's fight development wise, I think about as good a place to land as any. Yeah. You know, the park doesn't help him, but they find their own a lot. Uh, Eric, I guess I have to see Eric Hosmer play baseball for like the next three years in division. <laughs> you fucking kidding me? Um, he, yeah, he plays the game the right way, John. Yeah, I, I got to I got dodging for years on um. As long as Padres, yeah. Do you remember when there when uh, that fucker um, the smoker, the one that looks thirty five years old, Jim Leland, 
was um <laughs> was playing him over I think it was Leland. It was playing him over uh Goldschmidt in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that very distinctly. And like um, and that was like the beginning the, that was no the beginning it was for the 2015 World Series. That's when Eric Hosmer was like psychically inflicted upon us for the next decade because it's going to be decade because he's still going to be in the fucking AL East by 2025. Yeah. That's when he got like the bazillion year contract was for his yeah. 2015 performance. Yeah. Everyone knew this was a disaster when yeah. um No, literally. The, the guy the the, the fan, fan grass Dave Cameron wrote an article about how it'd be bad to sign Eric Cosmer. Then went to work for the Padres right before they signed Eric Cosmer. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> That, and that team still has Will Myers, doesn't it? Or did they cut his? Yeah, ass? they couldn't trade. They couldn't trade him, so they right. might be a fan. But yeah, he's awesome. been awful. Um, I knew there was something wrong with that fucker when he said Tampa had the best Mexican food. <laughs> <laughs> After being traded to the that's, Padres, yeah, that's, that's, that's like some that that's like some uh, Kenny Powers shit to say. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> unprompted. No, he, he was, I mean, he was at least asked. He was all right. It was a, it was a softball question. He had just been traded. I think it was like the All Star game or something because it was his best. He just had an actual good year back in you know twenty fourteen or whenever the fuck this was. It looked um, like a savvy signing at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, he gets dealt over there, and the interviewer is giving him the slowest meatball. Right, no movement. Right in the center of the zone. What's the place with the best Mexican food you've ever had here in San Diego? And he goes, oh, well, uh, Tampa Bay, Florida has a great... Oh, in North Carolina. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he was in the minors in North Carolina. And North Carolina had some great Mexican food. And you yeah, know there, was this play, I, there was this Chipotle on 17th. And there was another <laughs> Chipotle on 42nd. I'm the, not the fajitas saying, and Applebee's are out of this world. Yeah. There, are, there are good... Locally owned Mexican American restaurants all over this country. If you have just been traded to San Diego and someone <laughs> yeah. asks you where Good the Lord. best Mexican food is, you say San Diego. <laughs> Fucking moron. Yeah, you just say there's a little place on the beach, does these amazing, yeah. like fresh off the boat shrimp tacos, and it'll blow your mind, man. <laughs> That's all you gotta say. Can't trust a man who spells will with one L. That's fucked up. It's Especially way when he's up. when he's committed to taking two all the time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what else happened? Oh, this just came in uh, while we were talking. The Yankees and Cardinals trade uh, Jordan Montgomery for Harrison Bader. Oh, oh I saw that. That's a weird yeah. one. Harrison yeah, Bader is hurt at the moment. He's um, got that plantar fasciitis. Oh. Um, you know, the, the injury that made it to Albert Pujols moves at uh, like 0.5 miles per hour at all times. <laughs> yeah. For the rest of his career, uh, probably less of an issue for Bader, but he is a defense first guy, um, yeah. center fielder. Um, don't want him in my division. He can go to hell. Um, uh, you know, maybe maybe if he because like, one of the redeeming uh, only redeeming graces about the Yankees is that they keep giving Aaron Hicks plate appearances and starts as if he's mm-hmm. the Aaron Hicks they savvily signed, who was yeah. like, secretly very good. Uh, this probably he, ends that before he got hurt a bunch. Um, and, you know, that sucks for Aaron Hicks, but he's also a multimillionaire. So I'm not that sad. Um, but yeah, if, if they've actually decided to cut bait on Hicks and have a actual defensive, great defensive replacement um, on that roster for when the death outfield lineup of like uh, Stanton judge and um, 
I guess it was it was going it was Gallo, but Gallo can't play anymore, so it's Carpenter or something. Mm-hmm. Um, when the de- when the death outfield isn't out there, uh, now they have an actual great defensive uh, center fielder, and I just don't have time for that shit. <laughs> no, the rest of the AL East is going to be very quickly annoyed by that. Yeah. Um, it is. Well, how are they using Matt Carpenter? I've not really looked at this super closely. I assume but, he's uh, DHing. He's um, actually, I, I said outfield, but uh, he has to be the their designated hitter. The man's like thirty eight or something. Isn't he's he? only got like a hundred at bats, but he's putting up a two forty two WRC plus. Yeah, he's he's insane. He's he's if yeah, he had more play so defense, he'd be the best um, uh, hitter in baseball. Yeah, they're using him as a um, like pinch hitter DH, DH and a right fielder. Um, okay. Obviously, I'm, I'm assuming what, what he's, they have to be using him as a platoon guy. I'm going to check. That has to explain the 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 nature of him only having uh, 131 plate appearances in 41 games, which seems very low. I um, mean, I guess between like Hicks, Benintendi, and whoever else they've been rotating out. Oh no! His, I yeah, guess it kind of makes sense. All right, yeah, they are. The, he's got he's got a 200 point OPS split uh, between his left and right. He, he's uh, only got a 1.1. Uh, 1.181 OPS against righties. Uh, against oh, that's lefties, off. Got a 1.39. So obviously, <laughs> you know, there there's some there's there's some differences there in how they're using him situationally, uh, and the success he's having. Great, cool, fuck, man. The Yankees. Like it, it's one of those things too, where everyone was like, "Oh, he's really changed his swing. He's coming back. He's he's really retooled his swing to succeed in the new environment." Every time you hear that, you're like, "Ah, oh, this guy's fucking cooked." Nope, <laughs> not this guy. <laughs> this fucker is putting up numbers almost uh, better than Aaron Judge's. Now Aaron Judge yeah. does play every day, um, but you know he, he's just he's Matt Carpenter's got to go up to that kid and tell him, you know, you may be something, kid. But you're not Matt Carpenter with the 1.238 <laughs> OPS. You've only got that 1.063 OPS. So, got to you know, exert your, your your veteran presence up gotta, over yeah, it. Yeah, let the, gotta, let the kids gotta, know. Got to push that kid to get on uh, on your level. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Carpenter's fucking 36. Um, cool. Uh, yeah. The other the other 36 year old in the Yankees roster, Josh Donaldson, who um, we also hate. I assume this podcast also hates John. Yeah, Josh yeah. Everybody uh, hates yeah. Josh Donaldson. Um, that <laughs> Absolutely fucker, everybody. That fucker is performing much worse. Thank God. Uh, so maybe they should just cut him, and he can go back to workshopping jokes to use on his good friends on the <laughs> AL Central rosters. Yeah, but it does take a special kind of evil to go from being like a Cardinals franchise player to uh, being better on the Yankees than he was over there. I mean, that's just like, he he was, he was, he did the evil that the circumstances he was born into um, <laughs> created for him. Uh-huh. Like, you know, he had no choice but to be evil. Like, um, if, you, if you can, if you're brought up in America, you can only rise to the level of, like, evil in the Senate. But yeah. If you're, if you're from, if you're here, if you're a, a natural born citizen, the presidency is there to take you to the, to, all the way to the top. Uh, that's yes, that is exactly Matt Carpenter's situation. The Phillies have gotten a couple nice trades going yeah. on. Stephen, you you had some feelings about this. Do you want to walk us through your first reaction? I remember going to a Phillies Angels game with my friend who didn't know anything about baseball, uh, and you know, teaching him the game. You know, whatever. Uh, As one does. His his one of his biggest comments was. I like that guy. And he pointed to Brandon Marsh because of the wild hair. 
Uh, and I texted him, I texted him today, like, hey, that guy got traded to the Phillies. And he's like, damn right. Um, yeah, I'm not smart enough about like prospects or even like, I don't really know anything about Brandon Marsh other than what he looks like, but I do, <laughs> I do love, I do love David Robertson quite a lot. I've had such a soft spot for him, even before he became a Philly that one time and then stopped being a Philly because he got hurt. And now he's good again. And now he's back again. And I'm happy about that. Um, having Noah Syndergaard on this team is going to be extremely weird. Uh, That's very funny. But I know that I know that he will demolish the Mets at least once. Uh, and that alone is worth the price of admission. Oh, I hope that would be fun if he was uh, the starter for the Patreon watch along that we're going to do. Oof. <laughs> we can only hope. We Ooh. can. Yeah, we, I really hope that math lines up. Uh, so yeah, yeah it, it smart, was... smart people whose opinions I trust are saying that the Phillies had a good deadline. So I'm going to say that the Phillies had a good okay. deadline. The I Mets, think that's fair. Yeah. The Mets did basically nothing too. Yep. So yes, everyone yeah, else I did notice that. The Braves and, and the uh, Phillies both got noticeably better, and the Mets got Michael Gibbons. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But no, if I were like a, a, a Braves fan or more more I'm more so a Phillies fan, I think I'd be like, yeah, this is what I, I want my team to do. You know, make yourself more competitive at the deadline. I think add a starter, add a reliever, and a center fielder. Like those I are all. I think the most exciting things the Phillies did today was DFA Odubel Herrera and Yuri's Familia. Yeah. Which, nice. Yeah. All right. Like the that alone. Really that yeah. alone is just like great. So like, yeah, we can argue about how good Brandon Marsh, um, actually, and David Robertson actually are, but they are taking the places of Familia and and Herrera, and that is like, I don't astronomical to me. Ten out of Apparently, ten. No. Apparently the Mets also acquired Darren Ruff. So at some point this season, we're going to get Philly Noah Syndergaard pitching to Met Darren Ruff, which is going can't to be wait for how weird awesome. that's going to be. Yeah. Um, I know that Darren Ruff is going to kill the Phillies, uh, and I'm I've I've made peace with that. I I am a little jealous at how beefy the Mets have gotten. They've got a it's, it's big boy yeah, season. They're catching up there. to yeah. They're really they're really making a play for my heart, but they're not going to get it. But oh boy, oh boy, are they close? All those beefy lads. Uh, Giants don't trade uh, Rodon or yeah. Peterson. Giants just kind of stood. They just stood pat. Everyone and stood it's... like the uh, Wilson. Uh, why am I blanking his last name? Contreras. Contreras, yes. Um, was not traded by the Cubs, so right. he did the um, the the uh, Wilmer Flores move of like crying on camera on a microphone in front of like thousands of Cubs fans, and then having to come to work, <laughs> you know, afterwards. <laughs> That's very funny. The next day, I mean, I, I assume you know Wilmer Flores obviously did not actually want to be traded and was happy not to be. I assume Contreras is happy to stay put as well. So kind of fucked up. Just tell him you're not going to trade him. Mm-hmm. I guess they didn't know. You have to play the game and hope you know. 
wait to see if someone will overwhelm you with a trade off. No one's going to overwhelm you with a trade offer in modern Major League Baseball. No one actually I, wants to deal prospects. No one cares about winning. <laughs> he is a free agent. He does have like a he has like a, having a pretty good year. It is a yeah. little weird they couldn't get anything for him. Yeah. Um, um, Honestly, yeah. Like I think the story of the trade deadline is other than Soto. It was very quiet. Yeah, like there were names traded, but none of no like superstars. I I think everyone expected the Syndergaard getting traded to be bigger news than it was, but Syndergaard has been hurt most of yeah. the year, so it wasn't as big a deal as it could have been. Um, and it's they, been a few years since he was like really dominant, like yeah. where he was like Thor as he was in the early years of the Mets. Yeah. Um, the idea was really that he was going that like this was the new day for the Angels, and this was you know these were the signings that were going to, and then. You know, God's laugh. Yeah. Jane, how do you feel about uh, Tyler Malley? The 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 twins absolutely needed pitching so fucking bad. Like, yeah. How do you feel about Jorge Lopez? Uh, I don't I don't really have any feelings about Jorge Lopez, but uh, he, he like simply must be better than yeah. <laughs> like the than whoever he you know takes the place of on uh on the the twins bullpen. Uh, you know. Like they've just been a disaster. The only two guys that have been any good, uh, Juanderon and fucking Griffin Jacks. Griffin uh, Jacks. I'm so mad that Griffin Jacks is <laughs> like good. a Mortal Kombat character. <laughs> how's that? How's this? How's Griffin spelled? Is it spell? How, it, like how fucked normal? Up? Griffin oh, is normal. Okay. Jax is J A X. Awesome. Yeah, there should be at least was, two Y's in that first name. Yeah, Air Force Captain Griffin Jacks. <laughs> yeah, Jorge Lopez is cool. He is a yeah. former. He failed miserably as a starting pitcher for a long time. Um, Orioles made, yeah. made him into a reliever. He's been great. Went to the All Star game because they were legally obligated to have an Oriole at the All Star game. Right. Um, but you know he's having the kind of season that deserves it. Uh, he's got two years left of control. Uh, his last two arbitration years. Uh, so the Twins will have him for two more seasons. And mm-hmm. for the uh, privilege of this, they traded a guy who was getting Tommy John surgery. Yep. And basically no one else. Like, there were, uh, yep. it was, the other, like, it was, yeah. Like, Abe Povich, Juan Rojas, Yenny Arcano, and Juan Nunez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know uh, any of those names. Those are all player, those are all MLB The Show generated names. Yenny Arcano came up to the twins and was part of the reason why the twins had to trade for pitching. Um, yeah, he did not do anything. Povich Povich is the, is the Tommy John guy, I believe. Um, Mm -hmm. and the other two guys are guys named Juan. Uh, (laughs) we're going to talk about the important one of those. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cool. Uh, this is like, all right, if the Orioles were going to compete in 2023, if that was something that the Orioles were interested in doing, having like the, the way this trade has been defended is that Jorge Lopez was not something that the organization had to pay a lot in picks or money or anything, any opportunity cost to acquire. He was a scrap heap guy. They took him, they turned him around. Um, so they're, they are adding value from nothing essentially by, tr- by flipping him for four guys. Four dudes, four guys who might actually be dudes. Um, yeah. I mean, they're probably not going to be dudes, but you know that's the argument. The problem is that uh, if you are a contending team, he is infinitely more valuable as the scrap heap guy that you turned around yes. and actually pitched well for your team. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if, if you have any confidence at all in that being sustainable, which is you have to have that confidence to, to actually believe in your own player development. Yeah. Uh, it makes more sense to keep him around. 
And so, yeah, everyone's like, oh, Felix Batista, who's this big guy who throws 100 miles per hour and has been very good and makes me think of Daniel Cabrera, which is a bad thing for him. Um, but, you know, he, he, has, he has shown no signs of having Daniel Cabrera's insane problems with uh, control and command. Um, you know, the idea that, that some fans have been pushing is that, oh, well, you can just slot Batista into Lopez's role. And, then, you know, that's fine. No, the thing is that you're not replacing Jorge Lopez with um, with Felix Batista. Felix Batista is already there. You're replacing Jorge Lopez with your the now the eighth best reliever or ninth best reliever in the Orioles organization. That person is not as good as Jorge Lopez. If that person was anywhere near as good as Jorge Lopez, they'd be on the roster already. Yeah. Or traded. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or traded. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I didn't expect this team to buy at the deadline. I didn't want them to buy at the deadline. I did expect them not to trade guys who should have been in organizational plans for a team that planned to contend next year. Yeah. Um, seems for very silly. Project prospects and uh, high schoolers. Um, guys to yeah. just fill out the farm system. Yeah. Are any of them even likely to come up before like 2024? 2025? Uh, can you, if Yenier Cano is, yeah. it, he is quote unquote major league ready. Um, in the sense that he has major league innings. Uh, in uh, those innings, mm, he has a 9.22 mm. ERA. Yeah, not, it, it wasn't good, though, when um, he did get major league innings. Yeah, Povich will be around. He's 22 and in, like, A ball. Um, yeah. So he's one of these guys where uh, 22 and A ball is sort of deceptive because it makes you think he's been there for eight years. He, he came from Nebraska, University of Nebraska. Um, so he's one of those guys who was like starting out like his progressions and just doing, checking the boxes, checking the list. And then uh, he got hurt. Um, but other than that, like, you know, the the other two guys are just guys. Um, the, like neither, neither of these guys, I mean, Cano might be on next year's team if he completely turns his career around. Uh, none of the, like these two guys, these are guys who might at the end of the day, maybe one day become more Hey Lopez. Um, and if you were trying to compete next year, you already had or Hey Lopez. So all I can take away from right. this and from the, the Mancini trade, because what, uh, Elias said when the trade was made was, well, the team, our, our spread, our data says that the team doesn't have a great probability of making the playoffs. Like he said that out loud. And someone, uh, I saw a Twitter user, I, I can't remember who they are, so I can't credit them with it. Um, but it's not like it's a sentiment that's been restricted to one person said, why hasn't anyone in the Baltimore media asked Elias on the record if he said that to the players' faces? Yeah, good question. That he thinks they're dog shit. That he thinks yeah. they can't win. Like, Michael Elias should be down there, you know, big finance man, big political donor, should be down there in the clubhouse telling the players what he frankly thinks of this mm-hmm. five-week trend of actually winning baseball games and how he is, you know, uh, how he thinks it's even more dog shit than I do. Uh, and I'm not a very um, optimistic man. <laughs> so, you know, uh, like, what are we doing here? What are we, what are we even trying to do here? Like, uh, next you're going to go into a into a season with uh, in a division with the Red Sox of the Yankees and uh, – Toronto and Tampa teams that believe they're contenders. What are the probabilities of making the playoffs going to look like? Because yesterday, the probability of, of the Orioles making wild card three are one in six. If you don't think that the, if one in six for wild card three on a team that is not at, that is early, like that is early on their contention cycle by a year, 
isn't something you're willing to chase by at least calling up the kids and seeing how the kids play in games that matter in Major League Baseball, because that is what a playoff stretch does. It gives kids who would otherwise be playing in fucking September or some shit um, a chance to play meaningful Major League Baseball games for a team that is meaningfully competing for something, even though I think it's kind of fucked up and illegal that Wild Card 3 exists and allow, <laughs> is allowed to count as something that is meaningful. Uh, it, it is there, it does exist, and the Orioles have decided someone else can have it. Um, and I have no real faith that they will not just decide that someone else can have it this offseason, so that someone else can have it in 2023, and that someone else can have it in 2024. Because right now, the Angelos family, like uh, Peter Angelos, is, has retired from public life, which is the nice way of saying he is more or less dead, uh, but his heart is still beating. Uh, and his family and the people who legally controls the state are all suing each other because yeah, we, we didn't really talk about that when it happened, but that was a, a very interesting little window into, into a very contentious, seemingly contentious situation in that family. So the basic breakdown of what's going on there is that there are two sons, John and Lewis, um, Peter, like John Moore, Lewis runs the law firm. John got the baseball team. Um, and John wants to move the team to Nashville because he's married this country singer uh, who's, who he, whose um, career he keeps promoting with the Orioles' money. Uh, but he, he really loves Nashville. He wants to go to Nashville. He wants to bring professional baseball to Nashville. Um, the, uh, the wife of Angelos, the mother, and Lewis, the, you know, the secondary son, um, are, want to stay in Baltimore and or sell the team. Um, and recently, the city and state made this like $1.5 billion investment right. in the team. Yes, that shit doesn't matter. You that. can't actually buy loyalty. You can't buy loyalty mm -hmm. from these people. No. As the, the second that their legal duty in that deal is up, they might be gone. Uh, and I believe that deal is only for like the next two or three years or something. Like uh, it's Just a, enough it's, time for like the litigation cycle to resolve yeah. itself. Yeah. Um, it's like an extension of uh, their... their uh, their lease uh, at Camden Yards, and I think it's through the end of 2024, maybe 2025. Either way, I have, like, like Michael Elias is kind of detestable in every single way I find American professional uh, men his age detestable. But if ownership doesn't want to spend money, he is just executing the directives that are available to him um, in his position. Like, he's not the owner. He's the guy who works for the owner. He's, he's the, the dead-eyed psycho who does the things the owner isn't capable enough to do to make the owner money. Um, and, you know, why I think while I think he should have been banned from baseball for life along with Jeff Lonow because he was the number two guy in the Houston Astros organization during the year that, um, during 2017, when all that cheating happened, um, you know, that's not going to happen, so we're stuck with him. Uh, and really, the problem here starts at the very, very top, which is that as bad as Peter Angelos has been as his owners, as an owner, his uh, fuckhead fail sons um, and his, you know, his wife, who does not give a shit about baseball and shouldn't give a shit about baseball, especially given what her husband has done to done to the franchise. They're much worse as far as like, you know, uh, taking care of the sport of the game and, you know, putting a product on the field and all that mm -hmm. stuff that fans foolishly care about much more interested in like the spreadsheet analysis of it and like the the crack of the bat kind of bullshit yeah. that the older rich guys look seem to love a lot more yeah um 
And so I, I like the thing is like these owner these D'Angelo's family as far as owners go are you know comical, uh, right place, right time, rich kids snots. But they're still better than like the hedge fund that would buy this team um, if it was put up for sale. So difficult to see any cool or good things ever happening with the Baltimore Orioles ever again. I think we got to get the mailbag. Let's do it. That's a great note to end it on. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, we were saving you, me Randy. You warned us. <laughs> yeah. You warned oh, us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, got some, we got some Orioles questions here, though. Uh, cool. At Stuck in the IV or Stuck in the Four or whatever. Uh, if the Orioles were to create a new Baltimore-centric concession item, that would be the most absurdly Baltimore thing they could come up with. Or what would be the most absurdly Baltimore thing they could come up with? They've already sort of done the the yeah. most decadent crab things that they can imagine. Right. Yeah. Like I had the I had the macaroni and cheese uh, with crab crab macaroni and cheese hot dog. I had that. It was pretty pretty. Good. Oh shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, like, there's really no Baltimore thing to do. Like, they don't serve. I mean, they've got pit beef at the stadium already, um, which isn't very good. Sorry, Boogs. Uh, but you're, you know, there's there's a lot better places to get pit beef. Um, and they've got like everything crab that you could possibly want. Yeah. Um, Just like stick a crab on a stick, shell and all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, because, well, the thing, here's the thing is not none of it's real crab, right? It's mm-hmm. all lowest common denominator imitation uh, crab meat. Um, and then they charge you like it's real crab. Uh, so, but like they, they, they've got the crab on the waffle fries, the crab mm-hmm. on the hot dog, the crab mm-hmm. in the mac and cheese. I assume they've got like twenty nine ninety nine crab cakes. Oh yeah. All <laughs> um, crab cake sandwich. I think I saw last time I was there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like, I'm trying to think of, of what, what, what's a real Baltimore thing. It would have to just be like a straight up, like like a uh, they just like pour a line of Old Bay on your wrist and mm-hmm. you, know, you just like yeah. snort it. Yeah, you you put it in the little uh, the snuff box part of your would, between would, your finger and yeah. I would make a joke about like Old Bay beer, but they've already done that. That happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, like maybe just like yeah, like yeah. Old Bay popsicle. I don't know. Yeah. All right. That mm. that's gross. That's disgusting. <laughs> um. I'm really trying to struggle. Like it's one of those things where, like, we're a city that has two things about us uh, that we're proud of food-wise, and uh, they've, they've, you know, the the, and I don't think anyone really knows about pit beef outside of Baltimore never. No, no, not super I have well no idea what that is. Um, uh, I, I, I'm familiar with it because I'm a regional food sicko. But yeah, it's like the opposite of barbecue in every way. Uh, you take <laughs> uh, a bunch of meat, uh, you cook it at a very, very you t- you take a charcoal grill you get it as hot as possible uh you uh cook the pit beef as quickly as possible to char the outside while keeping it rare on the inside but you do actually achieve a i mean you don't have to you can eat that shit raw if you want but you know they do actually cook it through enough that you can get it you know rare medium well uh and then you serve it with something that they that is called tiger sauce and all it is is it's like a, a like a horseradish um mayonnaise uh blend thing it was this is it was made by a a, pit beef comes from a jewish deli um in downtown baltimore Uh, and the son of the uh owner was in world war ii and he was uh part of an anti-tank squad and the germans had those tiger tanks 
So the tiger oh, yeah. named after the tiger tanks that they killed. Mm. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's, I, I love pit beef sandwiches. Um, I don't, they, they you know, mainly because they're very quick to prepare. If you go to a quick, uh, a pit beef place, because they keep that um, grill running all day. And, you know, you just put the round on, you cook it, you take it off, you shave it. You got a sandwich, you're good to go. Um, but outside that and crab, uh, whatever, with Old Bay, uh, we don't have that many s signature foods. No. What the ballpark should do is they should think of a concession less as a food item and more of an experience. Yes. So like what what you're going to get for like $19.99 is you're going to um, go to the concession stand. They're going to open a door in the back. They're going to go through it. And you're going to get like five minutes of Frank Sabatka talking about uh, how we're going to secure like another, a big national federal loan for the docks to keep them going for another mm -hmm. couple of years. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're deep, pro we're moving away from like edible uh, experiences and in, in more into uh, uh, black box theater. You got to get Clay Davis back. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. He'll do it. He's got nothing else going on. Uh, John Bernthal was in uh, the, the, the recent Baltimore wire follow-up slash you know thematic sequel uh doing just an insane baltimore accent like that guy he is actually from around here but he doesn't actually talk like that yeah. and he is just I, like the most malevolent man from dundalk you've ever heard it's it's funny because like dc kind of claims him to the local too yeah because he's got like roots i guess kind of in, it's he's got like almost like directly between the two geographically so he knows like the DC like music scene really well. Mm -hmm. He's he got caught up in interviews a couple where's, times. Where's he from? Like PG County? I think so. Yeah, but I think he like grew up kind of between the places. I think he was also like like a prep school kid. Yeah, yeah. Well, his yeah. family is just insane. Like yeah. Um, but he seems like legit cool. Like every like he, he seems to have like some actual credibility with both cities in terms of like uh, uh, know, knowing the local lore. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't think Baltimore can afford him. For, well, they could afford him, but they're not, they don't want to pay him. The most that Baltimore can uh, afford or pay for is Paul McCartney, who was yep. the uh, the highest drawing um, event at uh, Oriole Park this year. That was a big thing in the announcement. They made sure they hit on that really hard in the the, yeah. the city's like little announcement or the team's whatever about <laughs> about the about Camden Yards and all the attractions that are come that come there. Mm -hmm. And up to that, I say great, cool, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like growl Billy Joel was here. Neat. Yeah. All right. Hollis Sloppy Thurston says for teams that are able to quote fix players, i.e. the Yankees with Clay Holmes, Dodgers with Andrew Heaney this year, what makes it so they are able to do what other teams cannot? Since theoretically they all have access to the same information. Do the teams that don't fix players simply not care? No, it's all luck. Luck and cheating. Uh, I, I think a large part of his luck. I think that's absolutely true. I do think also not all front offices invest equally in player development. I do think there are teams that have, you know, that, that is a, a, a certain amount of, of labor and paying guys to actually do that stuff. And I think some front offices invest a lot more in uh, those kinds of front office invest in more of that kind of analytics than others do. But yeah, you, you can't really point at any one team and say like, you can't actually point at any one team and say like they, they have the special sauce. There was a, a lot of it does come down to the players uh, fixing stuff in their own swing. There was a period of time with the Blue Jays um, late last decade. It was the period of time when uh, Jose Bautista had his career resurgence and mm -hmm. a bunch of other random uh, right-handed hitters had their resurgence. 
that people thought uh, the Blue Jays had the, had the secret fix for how to fix uh, right-handed power hitters and get them to pull the baseball. Um, they didn't. They can't do it. It's not repeatable. Uh, it just happened, so happened that Lyle Overbay and um, that one Seattle first baseman, whose name I'm semi-blanking on, um, and uh, Bautista all happened to just be on the team at the same time. And Bautista, of course, was the only real success story there. He was the only guy who was able to sustain it more than one season or long term. Um, I think it was the White Sox who got really, really pissy about this uh, and invented the man in white. Does anyone else remember the man in white? Oh, yeah, in the, fa- in the stands, right? Yeah. The, the original sign-stealing controversy. Yeah. Much quainter, much more fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the basic gist of it being that um, in games at the Rogers Center, the, uh, the Jays would have a man in white sit in the seats in the batter's eye and he would either sit down or stand up based on whether because yeah. he had because allegedly he had a, a had binoculars or a telescopic range finder or something and he was stealing signs and he'd stand up or sit down based on whether it was a breaking ball or a fastball um and this was of course very funny and, and cool to think about but also an insane fake delusion um, yeah i i any any sign stealing controversy that includes a figure that sounds like the villain in a serialized sci fi show, <laughs> like is, yeah, it's like he's the next Lovecraftian serial, yeah, no, hundred percent, love it, yeah, no notes. So yeah, all yeah. um, you know, or like the, the you could point to the Pittsburgh as well with, the, with how they consider like geniuses for what they're doing with pitching. Uh, with pitcher, pitcher development, and then that immediately turned to shit. <laughs> Very funny. Oh, yeah. I love uh, Pittsburgh's organizational philosophy around pitching was just uh, never learn how to throw a breaking ball. Always throw your <laughs> fastball. It was great. Uh, yeah, then the, and then there was that one yeah. offseason they had them all jump out of, like, they, they brought the, the SEAL guy in, the SEAL instructor in, mm-hmm. um, to do that, you know, fake, uh, it was one of those morale-building things that um, baseball-adjacent right-wing guys do. Uh, where you you train you have the the players like have this guy who was on SEAL Team Six and claims to have killed uh, Osama bin Laden um, come in and talk about how uh, soft they are and how the real heroes of America are out there fighting and dying in undeclared wars in Africa and Afghanistan and server farms in Germany. Yeah, um, <laughs> best one. And uh, so he he t- and then the, he runs them through quote unquote SEAL team drills, which are really just you know the te- the it's a racket where you get the 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 the, the guy who's going to be Q pilled in three years that coach gets the team to pay his buddy from the military a bunch of money to have them run through a questionably safe obstacle course that he set up as like a sort of uh, CrossFit alternative with white nationalism. Um, and so they were doing the chopper drill where you, where you pretend that you're doing that scene from those movies, uh, Black Hawk Down, I think was one big one where the yeah. chopper arrives and you all fast rope down to the, to the dirt, um, and into the yellow filtered forest. Yeah, your zone. sticks got to deploy. Yeah. yeah. In, the, in the hot um, zone. Yeah. And so a couple guys did the repelling thing and like fucked up their ankles because <laughs> they're fucking baseball <laughs> players. Yeah. Um, God, I love baseball players. Yeah, this is why you talk to the insurance guy before you sign off on any of the off-season team-building activities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't quite as funny as when the Mets still had Wilpon and were still owned by the Wilpons, and they uh, cut all of their off-season training um, programs so that a buddy of Jeff's 
could charge the Mets players personally to come <laughs> to his facility in Florida where he could do similar like quack antics. Mm. Um, Beautiful. Uh, to that is poorly prepared them for the season. I, I do wonder if like the Wilpon era had been shifted a few years later and we were still kind of in that tailspin last couple of years of, of their time. They would definitely be like arranging uh, out of season like NFT boot camps. Yes. Oh, Web yeah. three seminars for the players. Uh, I mean, Jeff was um, useless and stupid in all of the ways that a second generation failure uh, can be useless and stupid. Um the older one, Fred, wouldn't have gone for the NFTs, but he was like a slumlord. So, like, he has like that sort awesome. of instinctual like feel for when a when a good <laughs> grift and scam is coming up. Because these people, you know, they gave they they went in with them with Bernie Madoff, and they made money off of him. Like, there's all talk about the debt involving that. They were it, they were first in, which means they were the part of the Ponzi scheme that got their money, that got paid with everybody else's money. Um, all of their debt problems come from all their other stupid crimes uh, that they did financially, not from Bernie Madoff. Um, and so, you know, farewell and go to hell to all those, um, all those people. Now we've got a, a competent financial criminal in charge of the Mets and things have really awesome. turned yeah. around. All you can ask for. Yeah. All you can ask for it. Yeah. Like, let's get Jordan Belford uh, uh, to provide the O's. That's, yeah. that's maybe the best case scenario. Yeah, just get... He's into NFTs, though, so no. <laughs> yeah, know, is the guy who did who played uh, the, is the Catch Me If You Can guy available? Is he at a federal prison yet? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Delaware yeah. Smashed asks: Can Stephen explain how exactly Brandon Marsh is hot? Uh, yeah, I, I I don't get it. The beard is just wondering. literally look Wait, at him. It's just too stupid. I have the beard the is beard. too stupid. You can't hide the beard. You can't hide the beard. You can't hide the beard. It's like it's like telling me a guy in a balaclava is hot. Yeah, like like this is the entire face. All I can see is the eyes. I see. Listen, I see the potential. Right? Hey, I I know what I'm talking about. I won the hot draft. Okay, (laughs) resoundingly so. This is. I don't know shit about shit, but I know shit about this. He is hot. The pictures of him before the beard are hot. The beard is a bad choice and reduces his hotness. But I by, see it. I see the potential. So much. By we so can, much. We can agree he's, on that. He's a potential S tier currently in C tier from his grooming okay. decisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're finding like okay. the hidden value. I, yeah. I respect that. Yeah. Like that is what that is the only man currently making money from baseball who would benefit hotness wise from being traded to the Yankees. The only one. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, I, honestly I didn't know where you're going with that sentence, but you brought it back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I defer to your expertise as always. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sega C D eight. We already did mullets and now terrible eighties mustaches are coming back. But what's gonna be the next baseball player appearance trend? What's coming what's coming around in fashion here? I kind of wish more like people had, been, had taken the Daniel Magnin bait and done the uh, the curly mustache, but I think mm. oh, no. worked out so Fuck poorly that. for him. Ugh. Just on a comedic level, I appreciated that. I am begging the no undershirt yes, top buttons on done that, thing yeah. to mm. to catch on. I I don't know if I've just noticed it more or if it 
if like it's actually happening more, but I feel like it might be happening more. I've noticed a more due to your posting on this regard. Yes, or, my or, posting or <laughs> my posting has really brought this issue to light. And I'm gonna need I'm gonna need to speak with whoever's in charge here to really get this trend going. They need that and they need the gold chain. Like the single gold chain. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Single You've got to have chains. a gold chain while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yep, yep. On that front, I think, unfortunately, we are due to for a resurgence in phyton necklaces, if you remember mm-hmm. what those are. The, uh, right, so the, uh, back in 2000, the late 2000s, it was the trend to get this woo-woo, fake, bullshit. Um, they got, they, they, these, these, these snake oil salesmen would sell players uh, necklaces that they claim would like balance their inner vibes or whatever. Oh, sure. Like the copper wrists for yeah. tennis players. Um, and in these, in the, um, it's uh, Phyton spelled P H I T E N. Uh, it's actually just like a titanium necklace uh, okay. with weird shapes on it. Um, hmm. They're still around. They're still hawking these things. Yeah. Uh, if you Google it, you'll, you'll oh, immediately geez. recognize it yeah. from, yeah, from any player, any pitcher, really, from mm-hmm. like 2006 to 2011 was rocking this shit all the oh, time. Oh, yeah, these are, around. these are bound to resurge. But the, yeah, this is, these this are the is type the of things that don't thing. go away. They just like ebb and flow. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm just concerned that this is really like dangerously close to like kick. Like transgender cat girl uh, necklace hair. Uh, <laughs> right, they're gonna get chokers. Yeah, cat. Yeah, just cat ears on the on the hat. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, they are all trans. So. Yep, it's yeah. all of them. We've, we've determined this. These things are like two hundred dollars a pop. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, have we talked about? Have we talked about Jane's haircut? The, the podcasting is a visual medium. Steve. Yeah. Um, uh, since talking to Jane last, uh, when we talked at yeah. length about transvestigation, uh, her yeah. hair is now an entirely different color and an entirely different length. No, I've and lost my mind. I'm a different person than I was. I'm, I can only, I can only presume that is, uh, due to a, like a Stephen King character, like phenomenon where yeah. the madness has transformed her, her physical being. <laughs> the dark. Uh, we're all concerned. I did the jaunt and I came out on the other end uh, with, with with short pink hair. Yeah. Jane with the previous haircut is going to show up at her doorstep claiming that uh, she plagiarized her podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but keep keep an eye out for uh, the QAnon Anonymous episode. Yes. That, that I that I wrote and narrated that will be coming out soon. As far as my answer for this question, I think the single dangly earring should come back. Oh God, uh, yeah. Like, oh yeah, like, like the a, Bonds. A George, yeah, a George, yeah, Bonds, George Michael, that sort of deal. Like, just uh, just one of those. It would go along so well with the open undershirt too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Open undershirt, gold chain. One. We dangly just really earring. need to get them looking as slutty as possible. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah. All right, last question. Um, what's your? This one was from mm-hmm. Orioles Magic, and then parentheses cursed. What's your favorite iteration of the Oriole bird over the years? Angry cartoon baby. Uh, I guess I'll start. Um, yeah, I usually like whatever one I'm using. So yes. uh, <laughs> I, I use uh, usually right now. I'm using one from I believe App Productive Outs drew it for me like ten years ago. It's really um, good. Yeah, a he, classic. He's mm-hmm. he's never really changing. Uh, there was a guy who did like 
you remember these from like oh like seven years ago the guy who did like cartoons for the baltimore sun where he'd show them fighting and losing to or beating the, the baltimore oriole bird would be uh fighting and losing to or beating depending on how the game actually went yeah. uh the mm-hmm. mascot of the other team uh, and I really love grabbing that guy's Oriole bird was very good. If what talking, would they do during, what would they do for the Yankees? Cause the Yankees don't really have one. They, they've got like uh they have, they, they do have one. It's, oh, it's a very okay. disturbing one. It's sort of like if the fanatic was less hairy, but had a mustache, like he's Awful. got, oh. uh, like, yeah, Google <laughs> Yankees mascot. They have a guy. Uh, he's a weird guy. You wouldn't let him around your kids. Um, Oh God! His name, yeah. Oh. oh no! His name is Dandy. Yeah, that's okay. Oh, this is terrible. Yeah, uh, so, he has uh, been discontinued. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> they compromised his ass to a permanent end. Yeah. Thank, thank God. That's like when everyone clapped when Poochie died. Like, oh fucking, thank Christ. Yeah, that that that's a great mascot if your team is like. A, in in the southwest and it's like a history of like coal miner or gold miners but yeah for new yeah. york that does not yeah work. no absolutely not um Oof. as far as official logos go obviously the current uh happy bird on the thing i like it yeah it's great mm-hmm. my personal I think it's really good. deep cut favorite is the one that looks like he's on lsd yeah i love yeah. the one that looks like he's on lsd and that's, that is uh, a, a that's the 55 patch. to 62 shoulder patch yeah, yeah. Some people think it's it, it's not official or something because it was never on the hat, but it was a shoulder patch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I believe that is my favorite Oriole bird. That's a really uh, good one. Good pick. I, yeah. Pupils are huge. I yeah. love the ornithologically accurate bird mm-hmm. very much. I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's such a huge flex to just be like, yeah, we're the Orioles. Here's a picture of an Oriole on our hat. The end. We're mm-hmm. done. I think that's great. 10 out of 10. However, 11 out of 10 is, it's got to be the current one. The current it's really one's good. great. The current one's it's really, really good. good. Yeah. It's a ton really of personality. It, like, looks like, it looks like it's cruising me in a bathroom stall. And okay. that's the energy <laughs> that I'm looking for in a logo. Like <laughs> Most logos don't give me that energy. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think I, if I had to pick one, it would probably be the one from the 70s and I think into the late 80s. Where he's got the really big baseball bat, and he's like winding up for a gigantic, like, yeah. deep yeah. home run swing. Just because like the proportions oh, there are entertaining. Yeah. The incredibly huge baseball bat versus the relatively small bird. Mm-hmm. It's very Looney mm-hmm. Tunes, and I do enjoy that. I do sh- shout out to the angry Oriole bird with the baseball bat who looks like he's about to uh, commit first degree murder. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Shout out to yeah. that bird who is wearing a hat with the other, the other bird, bird on it. On it. Uh, a yes. hat, yeah. it's, I, I have some professional ability with like after effects and video editing and gra- motion graphic design it really is criminal the orioles broadcast doesn't use like a a, a, tra- a transitional effect of the bird the oriole bird on the hat zooming in to another bird on the hat yeah. zooming into another bird on the hat zooming into whatever's going on in the yeah. game yeah. Yeah. you know they yeah. actually changed it up like uh the official style guide is not a bird uh, with a hat, with a smaller bird, on, with a smaller hat, it is now the the Oriole bird always wears the the letter O hat. Yeah, that's yeah. not as good. It's a, it, no. it's a big step backward. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I think that that is going to do it for the week here. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. And John, thank you so no much problem. for stopping by again. Christ, I hate this sport. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Now